listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Hi, my name is Steph Coombs and this is my story, Has Anyone Got a Copy? Part 1. I'm known to my friends for my shocking lack of direction. And in my old age, I've come to learn to laugh at myself and the silly things I've done, rather than shrink away in embarrassment as I used to do. So I've decided to share a few stories to demonstrate why you should never utter the words, just follow your nose to me. Please know I have taken a few creative liberties with this story. I like to think that there are two types of people in this world, book smart people and life smart people. Book smart people are those kids who did really well in class at school, the smarty pants. The life smart people were just, well, life smart. They could build things, fix cars, and importantly, they had a strong sense of direction. Now, I'm not saying I'm a little Miss Smarty Pants, but I can admit that I am definitely not life smart and my sense of direction makes the cast of Gilligan's Island look like geniuses. I mean, I've driven across Australia how many times now? From East to west, to east to north, to south, from city to station, and back to the city again. I never got lost once. Then, I got lost three times within the space of the first round of muster. As if the boss didn't already think I was a certified city girl, now I'm considered an actual liability. The first time was an honest mistake. Scout's honour. The contract chopper pilots headed out around 6am to do the first homestead muster, with the rest of the crew heading out in buggies and on bikes once we got those magic words over the two-way radio. Yeah, boys, we've got the first mob ready to go. My first muster for the season. I was giddy with glee. This was it. Claire McLeod, eat your heart out. I was the cowgirl now. Apparently, the boss didn't think so. You just stay back here and clean up the camp, will ya? Make sure the fire has been put out, the meat's back in the fridge and the plates have been washed. Then head out along the western track and meet up with us. Turn left at Two Mile Bore and then turn right onto a road about 10k down the track. Two Mile? Yep. I nod weakly in agreement as I start internally reciting a speech about gender equality and the role of a woman on a station. This was not how my first muster was supposed to go. Two mile, the first tank you hit on the road. The road is the one at the front gate. Then it's a black tank, solar panel with a broken windmill. The boss stares me down like, got it, blondie? Yep, got it. I nod more confidently this time, my rage subsiding. Maybe I was taking this all the wrong way. Maybe this was the boss's way of showing me that he thought I was ready to drive on station roads without supervision. Maybe I was getting my station license. Or maybe not. 
I clean the stock camp in about five minutes with the quality of my work ensuring that the boss will either never ask me to do it again or put me on permanent stock camp duty before jumping into my buggy and setting off. I can feel the grin on my face growing as the wind rushes through my hair. The two-way crackles to life. It's the chopper pilots. The others are too far away for me to hear, but the choppers have special radios that reach me on the ground. This is it. I turn left at the black tank with the broken windmill and the solar panels and do a little fist pump in the privacy of my buggy. Okay, it was a big fist pump and an even bigger squeal. So far, so good. The speedometer in my car doesn't work, along with the windows, the radio, the heating, and the aircon. I start guesstimating how far I've gone. I should hit this road any minute, right? Uh Aha, I call out to no one. There it is. I can see tracks veering off to the right, so I veer off too, excited to see how many cattle the crew has by now. As I get further and further down the track, I realise the tracks have stopped. Completely stopped. I go back to retrace my tracks. Now I can't tell which tracks are mine and which ones I was following. Nothing. Crap. I pick up the two-way and take a deep breath. Has anyone got a copy? I call to the crew. Um, I can't seem to find you guys. Nothing. Hello? Has anyone got a copy? I try to keep the panic out of my voice. Is that you, Steph? Where are you now? One of the pilots crackles over the two-way. Well, if I knew, I wouldn't be calling you, would I? I think to myself, instead calling back. I'm about a kilometre from that right-hand turn I was supposed to take, realising at that moment it was a super hot single pilot who had answered my call. Oh, God. I'm not too far from there. I'll come get you, he calls back. Ooh, knight in shining armour, perhaps? I wonder if he'll have to land to check that I'm all right, or maybe I'm just pushing my luck. I pull up an idol in my buggy. Five minutes go past. Then ten. How slow are these helicopters anyway? Steph, I'm at the turnoff and I can't see you. The radio crackles to life again. Hang on, I offer trying to be helpful and maybe just redeem myself a little bit. I'll just zip back to the main road. Zip back? Really? I hit the main track and call, I'm here. Uh, no, you're not, he replies. What? This can not be happening. How about you do a few burnouts and I raise some dust so I can see you, he suggests. At this point, my dignity is already in tatters. There is no way that I'm revealing that I have no idea how to do burnouts. I mean, what kind of bogan did he think I was? I start racing up and down the main road, slamming on the brakes at random and pulling the wheel hard left and right, spinning the buggy around, creating more whiplash than dust. Nah, still can't see. Let me fly around a bit. Ten minutes later, I hear, Yep, got you now. Hey, boy, she's about 15 k's before the turnoff. 15 kilometres? What the hell? Mm, I guess it was called guesstimation for a reason. 
Turns out the track I had followed was indeed one set of tyre tracks from when Mick had gone to take a crap earlier. So glad I didn't find it. By the time I found the rest of the mob, I'd eaten my morning smoko, fruit and lunch and it was only 10am. The worst part is, this would be the first time the chopper had to rescue me that day. Yes, I got lost twice in one day, but I can only reveal so much humiliation at a time.